Okay, good morning. Today is Thursday, September 2, 2021, for the time capsule. In Taiwan, Class 13, Nisargadat Maharaj, from the page of quotes of his teachings on innerquest.org. <clears throat> Last week we finished the read-through of the interview with David Godman about his reminiscences of meetings and interplay, interaction with Nisargadat, and um, um, very useful to see the guru chela or guru uh, seeker interplay, interaction. This time we're going to stay with Nisargadat's quotes for the rest of the series, <clears throat> and that'll probably be where we end, and so uh, we're at uh, Statement 58, Passage 58, um, a beautiful teaching, I mean, very clear explanation of Advaita Vedanta, realization, and reality, which is uh, Sat. So, <clears throat> uh, Let's start with 58. Nisargadat uh, said, translated by who, I'm not sure. The witness consciousness is not permanent. The knower rises and sets with the known. That in which both the knower and the known arise and set is beyond time. The words permanent and eternal do not apply. <clears throat> and last time I had said that, you know, this is uh, the problem with, a problem with uh, aham vichar. I don't mean that aham vichar, the self-inquiry method taught by Ramana Maharshi, which I'm not uh, expertise, expert in or, or deeply studied in or practiced at all. But there are definitely some people doing that practice in a way whereby they're seeking to maintain Witness consciousness. Keep watching your watching. Keep watching phenomena. Keep watching mind day in, day out. Um, here he's saying even that witness consciousness like I see is obviously anicca. It's impermanent. Of course. Now if that is the way someone does aham vichara, uh, self-inquiry, who am I, what am I, as taught by Ramana Maharshi, then they're going to get into trouble because they're going to be seeking to maintain the thought that I, witness consciousness, uh, persists, or uh, I uh, see again and again and again and again. That's actually just recalling thought. And so, what is witness consciousness? <clears throat> well, it's a detached witnessing, witnessing where somebody has the view or has the experience uh, this one here is watching all. Again, 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 again. Actually, he's saying that that sense of a knower, it's the experience of I am the uh, detached knower, I is the center point knower. That sense of that, he said, the knower, that the knower means the sense of being that witness consciousness uh, rises and sets with the known, meaning it's still tied to an object. So there's still duality, meaning there's still <clears throat> the thought-based experience of duality, subject-object. There's still subjectivity. Then, 
and that's associated with time. And he said, that in which, the field in which, the context in which, there is an arising of both a sense of witness consciousness and a witness consciousness of an object, obviously. Witness consciousness, witness consciousness of what? Witness, witnessing what? Consciousness is, in, in, so and again, depends on how you use the words. At one point, he used the words uh, consciousness and awareness uh, in the same way that I think they ought to be used, and uh, then he doesn't use them the same way sometimes. Uh, awareness as uh, trans-subjective <coughs> sentience, uh, sensitivity, knowing, but it's not a knowing whereby there's a distinction between knower and, know- and, and known. Subject-object is finished in this use of the term awareness. So, non-dual consciousness is awareness, or awareness is a word that can be used to explain the condition or the reality of non-dual knowing, or sub- and then subjective knowing, which is knowing per se of a, of a knower and a known, uh, is dualistic, which is associated with subjectivity, which is eighth fetter, not yet broken, which is still ahamkaram, ahamkara, not yet free of karm. There's the difference between aham and ahamkar. Ahamkaram is the making of aham. The unmade is aham. However, to the degree that it's associated with some kind of very, very subtle sense of I is this, then it's not really broken the eighth fetter. So there's a difference between Ra saying in sixth density, we become light, and going to seventh density, dropping identity. That's the difference between the yani who's had self-realization, and then I think the, the that yani who experienced his own death, as as Nisargadat said, the death of the um, karm or fa- fashioned, fabricated, mentally constructed sense of subjectivity in I am, without mental constructed subjectivity in I am, then one drops identity. Then there, then there's not more I am, there's this is. Tat sat chit. Sat chit. Tat sat chit. And there's no, there's no personal, non-personal there. And there's also no permanent and eternal there. Permanent and eternal applies only to things that arise, persist, and pass away. Uh, the the truly deathless is not permanent or eternal. You can't even say it's permanent and eternal because it never was born. The deathless, the birthless, cessation, you know, tatsat chit, the awareness of tatsat, is beyond aham, actually, it seems to me. Anyway, 59, he goes on, permanency is a mere idea, born of the action of time. Time, again, depends on memory. By permanency, you mean unfailing memory through endless time. (laughs) You want to eternalize the mind, eternalize the mind, which is not possible. Only that which does not change with time is eternal. You cannot eternalize a transient thing. Only the changeless is eternal. 
<clears throat> and so, what is eternal? The changeless. What is changeless? That which is deathless. What is the deathless? That which has never arisen. The deathless, the deathless, is not a thing. <clears throat> it's a term used to freedom from all avidya, broke, all ten fetters broken, satchitananda, uh, jivatman at one with paramatman, then we say uh, deathless, eternal, but it's not the permanence of a thing that doesn't change. And so he's saying, we have an idea of permanence, just like we have an experience of impermanence. The experience of impermanence is, what, what is this? Experience. All right, let's look in, folks. Look in. What is, per, what is experience? It's a um, memory. I'm, but it's, no, I'm not having memory. It's my experience in the present moment. Really? What present moment? The present moment in which I'm defining the present moment. Huh. The present moment in which there's definition, in which there is idea, in which there's thought and memory. Thought and memory gives us this present moment. Thought and memory gives us our sense that this present moment is our present moment experience, free of memory. I'm not remembering the past. I'm in the present. Really? I am in the present? Really? I don't think so. You're in memory. How so? Because that sense of an experience is born of a thinking process. That thinking process is actually a memory-based process. It's a memory of just the past moment that you're now defining in the present moment, which now is actually uh, occupied with the memory that you uh, of a past moment that you think is now the present experience. So perception to conception to experience. As perceived, so conceived, so experienced, uh, I hear uh, Mr. Sakata and his family singing in the morning, right now, in the uh, sweltery tropics. Uh, is that the present moment? Actually, it's my definition of my perception that is my claimed present moment experience, but I'm actually talking about what I just experienced or perceived by my hearing, my hearing, uh, perceived by hearing, with a sense of my, yeah, 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 indeed, my hearing, intrinsically presumed subjectivity, right? I, identity, dropped in six, uh, going to seven, not yet dropped now, I have a sense of I identity, so it's my hearing of that known called Mr. Sakata and his family, who are very sweet and very nice, singing in the morning, happily, with the heat. Um, actually, that's a memory that I'm believing is my present moment experience. It's kind of not too far from the present moment, yeah. But actually, it's, um, it, it's thought-based. I'm, I'm, I believe it, I experience it, or I consider this now, that, or that discussion, that presentation, the Zakata's family singing, as my, <laughs> presumed subjectivity, experience, 
presumed substantial in the present moment, which is not actually that either, because um, I'm talking about my definition of um, raw catalyst heard, heard in the ears a moment ago. So I, I really think it was Nisargadat who had the origin of my recollection, recalled statement teaching that um, the fact of uh, all experience is timeless. It means that catalyst is timeless. But the act of knowing takes place in time and space. Time and space is born of a subjective memory, mind, thinking-based manasic, Manasic, not not buddhi, actually, or more heavy in the manasic than the buddhi. A memory thought-based process um, is um, an act of knowing. So the fact of all experience is timeless, but the act of knowing takes place in time and space. Time and space is made by a presumed subjective knowing. And if you want to have a blown circuit, uh, subjectivity is basically the um, coala- is an identification of sentient light, uh, of vibrating sentient light, um, presuming itself as a subject. So uh, vibrating light, uh, vibrating sentient light subjectivizes. So vibrating, su- vibrating sentient light subjectivizes. And that's how we go from 10th to 9th to 8th fetter. The 10th fetter ignorance, you can say, is the establishing of light in dimensionalities, in, in presumed, presumed octaves, right? The, the illusion of light, the concept of light, give us the illusion of limits and multidimensionality. How do we, how do we give rise to the illusory self? The illusory self doesn't mean I'm nothing, nothing, I'm no, I am nothing, I'm, there's no self. No, it means that the coalescence of awareness into a presumed knower is maya, is, is an unreal, is a falsehood, is, is um, a dream, is a spell, is not reality. But uh, reality subjectivizes as vibrating light um, presumes, it, it identifies with the vehicle. Vibrating light, which is uh, the logos, let, the, let there be light, the action of free will upon love, the logoic free will upon logoic love, infinite, infinite power, infinite power, infinite love enabling, generates light. That light is, in certain sense, that light is a vidya, but um, it's, it's the the... Tenth fetter avidya is in some ways naturally formed by ninth fetter restlessness vibrating light uh, subjectivizing into tanamana's eighth fetter sense of self. That's how the false selfhood arises. And so uh, permanency is an idea, impermanence is an idea, the act of knowing takes place in time and space. The act of knowing presumes a knower. It's already um, the maya. Uh, uh, it's already ahamkara. Ahamkara is made by vibrating light 
um, identifying with itself, with its own vibratory, identifying a selfhood out of vibration. Uh, identifying with vibration and subjectivizing, pres- uh, presuming itself a separate, uh, uh, a separate beingness, uh, um, distinct from a source, <laughs> not knowing that it, it that it it is its source. It is not its vehicle of light. The sentience identifies with the vibrating light. So sentience, which is naked awareness, which is omniscience, it's uh, you know intelligent infinity, infinite intelligence, awareness. Tatsachit. Tatsachit is not yours or mine. It's not a possession. It's not a thing. It's not a person. It's not a subject. It's not a subject. Tatsachit. The chit of tatsat is is intelligent infinity, and logos has you know intelligent infinity, or is of that prior to and concurrent to the generation of light. Prior to concurrent, prior to generation of light, concurrent with generation of light, um, tatsat chit is the awareness of tatsat, which is you know transubjective awareness, free of time. Yeah, brought for time, and so. To think about, I mean, that's exactly why uh, Gautama doesn't get into talk of unity. Unity is just another thought-based memory experience of a, of a presumed subjective, of, a, of an ahamkara, of, of, an, uh, of a fashioned aham. It's the fashioning of awareness into consciousness, the fashioning of boundless intelligent infinity or infinite awareness into a presumed selfhood. So permanence is an idea. You can have an experience of it. Uh, well, you actually won't have an experience of it. <laughs> the only experience of anything close to permanence is tatsatjit, is uh, freedom from all, you know, completely non-dual awareness, union with Paramatman, of course. So per- permanence is an idea we don't even have the experience of it. <laughs> we just have the idea that it could be, but it isn't. Born of the action of time, meaning born of the whole matrix of uh, dual of duality, dualism, maya, which is past, present, future, me and you. Time again depends on memory. Right. <clears throat> Ra, that's exactly what Ross said when they dropped seventh, sixth density. What do they do? They drop memory and identity. Identity and memory. Right. They go together. Memory, identity is associated with memory. Uh, I, there is no identity subjective, right? There's no, you know, tatsachit is not an identity. <laughs> tatsachit is sat. It's reality. Reality is not an identity. Reality is trans-identified. Reality is free of identity. Just like Ross said, they drop memory and identity because they go together, because they are the same. Identity is born of memory, and memory is is intrinsic to identity. Identification itself, identification itself, depends on memory. That's why they said, going to seventh density, they drop memory and identity. How perfect! It perfectly fits Nisargadatta. Perfectly fits. Time depends on memory, right? And identity depends on time. And memory. 
there's no time. I mean, time is, the experience of time is a function of continued memory and imagination. And so it goes on. By permanency, you mean your un, you mean unfailing memory through endless time. He's cute there. He's saying there's no permanence other than your idea of permanence. And so your idea of permanence, is, permanency is an idea. And when you say it's permanent, what you really are referring to, whether you know it or not, is your memory continuing unfailingly through endless time. Time is not endless because time is an illusion. Time is born of memory and associates with identity. And they all fall together. Identity, memory, time all fall together when one leaves sixth density. <laughs> you know, if, if you follow me here, if you follow me there, or follow me here. If you follow me there, here, <laughs> we will leave sixth density together. Hmm. You want to eternalize mind, which is not possible. Probably the word here was manas. Or eternalize chit. You know, tat sat chit. Sat chit. Tat sat chit. The chit of tat sat. Or such absolute reality. Absolute reality that is such. That is as it is. Is not of memory. It's not of mind, actually. Uh, Chit. Again, it depends on how you use these words. Chit is above manas and buddhi. And he said, you can't eternalize the mind because the mind is a phenomenon that arises and passes away. Only that which does not change with time is eternal. So it's the deathless, because it's the birthless. It's the non-arising. It's without birth and death. What doesn't change with time is without birth and death. It doesn't born, it's not born, and thus cannot die. Thus Gautama called it the deathless. You cannot eternalize a transient thing, like your thought of a thing, like your thought of a thing that could indeed never change. All that's thought. It's a transient thing. It's a thing. I is not a thing. You can say maybe I is a thing, but <laughs> uh, tat-sat is not a thing. Aham. Is there aham other than, you know, y- yeah, you can say <laughs> there is ahamkara, ahamkar. Free of the kar, one just goes to aham, I am. But that's not the end. Actually, uh, I am uh, also falls away. The yogi experiences his own death, said he, not me. There's the end of aham, I think. That's the end of identity and memory. We become light. No, you have not become light. You have the identity of light in non-duality, or in unity, actually, not really true non-duality, you have the identity as light because you realize inner outer is one. But there's still a hum. Only dropping a hum from six to seven. I mean, if you drop a hum, isn't that dropping identity? Is a hum not identity? I mean, again, it seems to me to say I am is identity. Even if it means I am one or I am light, we become light. I think that's an identity, a hum. It's, it's, it's still karm, actually. So really breaking the eighth fetter, the falsely, uh, inevitably subjectivized vibrating light, which self, which identifies with its own vibration <laughs> and says, a hum, a hum, a hum, 
Uh, freedom from a hum seems to be the movement out of sixth density, dropping identity and memory. The death, the yogi who experiences his own death. Only that which doesn't change with time is eternal, meaning it's not born. You can't eternalize a transient thing called thought or memory or a hum. If, if, you know, there, there's something going on here <laughs> and there's some presence speaking. This one here, Nityananda said. Yeah, there is some this one here for each of us. Uh, is it a self? Is it a hum? Well, you know, leave six density and then let me know. Only changeless is eternal, and it's not even changeless, because it never was. Only the indestructible is real. Um, but the indestructible is not a thing. And so, it's not a thing that's indestructible. It's the non-arising of thing. 60. The past and the future exist in mind only. It's very monastic. Time is in the mind. Space is in the mind. The outer, so-called, is in the mind. The law of cause and effect is also a way of thinking. Right. Karma is... Karma uh, falls with the ending of identity and memory. In reality, <laughs> in sat, all is here and now and one. Multiplicity and diversity are in the mind only, as is unity. <laughs> unity is in the mind only too, you know. That's why Rod drops... We become light. We become light is their identity in sixth density. That looks like aham. I is. But uh, that whole thing falls away out of sixth density. 61. You cannot speak of a beginning of consciousness. However, again, here he's, he's uh, switched back where consciousness is being used for, for sat. Or I'm sorry, for um, chit in the sense of uh, uh, intelligent, uh, infinite awareness, or, you know, non-dual awareness. Uh, now he seems to be using the word consciousness again, as he's sometimes used the word awareness for non-dual uh, sentience or presence. So, you cannot speak of a beginning of consciousness... Uh, the idea of beginning and time are within consciousness. To talk meaningfully of the beginning of anything, you must step out of it. But the moment you step out, you realize that there's no such thing, and never was. There's only reality. I think he meant sat. Same. In which no, quote, thing had any being on its own. As waves are unthinkable without the ocean, so is all existence rooted in being. So, you cannot speak of a beginning of consciousness. Now, does that mean he's using consciousness for non, as, non, as awareness or non-dual awareness? Because there, there when there is ahamkara, there is um, time. So, he said, the idea of beginning and time are within consciousness. So there's within consciousness and there's outside consciousness. Right? If consciousness is being used for subjective awareness, subject the coalescence of awareness into aham, which is, which is the ahamkara. The kar of ahamkara is the movement from 10th, 9th, 8th fetter. The very 
restlessness, <laughs> the, the self-identification born of restlessness that leads to the eighth fetter conceit or tannamanas, the craved manasic-based aham. Uh, that's the karm that makes ahamkara, the making of a fashioned, subjective sense of separative self. Now, if you use consciousness to, de- to define that separative, subjective sense of self, then, yeah, um, ideas and, th- and therefore experiences of, you see, we believe, we perceive uh, beginning, persisting, and, and, and ending. We experience beginning, persisting, and ending because we perceive it, because we conceive of our perceptions that way. We conceive of, you know, I, 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 you know, I knew him when he was born. All right, that's, I'm perceiving some baby (laughs) and saying that's him and saying that's when he was born, which I guess is pretty reasonable. I saw him in his 20s. Yep, that's persisting. And uh, yeah, I was there at the funeral. I saw him when he was gone. So, birth, persistence, and death. Based on what? Based on particularly visual phenomena and interpretation. You know, and a lot of memory. Uh, That's the beginning. I remember the beginning. This is the middle. I've defined it as such. It's the same guy. Everybody would know that. And then I was there at the end visually. I perceived it. I interpreted it. Lots of memory, lots of identity. Um, the that's the way of things. And so there's an idea of beginning based on perception interpreted such. Likewise, there's an, a, and that's what time is about, right? Time uh, presumes a beginning, persistence, and ending. All of that is associated with subjectivity and duality. Then he said, if you talk meaningfully. To really understand so-called beginning, you got to step out of it, or to be talking about anything, you got to be distinct from it, and that's you know the, the very easy way <laughs> to know you're not your mind, or you're not this mind, or this mind is not you, because you can talk about it, because you or this one speaking is not the mind, because this one speaking, whatever the hell it is, the aham. Um, can can talk can look at it. So I, the I, is a subject to this mind as the object. Mm. Take your mind as an object, not a subject. Mm. <laughs> mind body spirit complex is not a subject; it's an object. Object of what? It's an object for in, infinite intelligence that is mistakenly identified with it. Ah, uh-huh. so. <laughs> The moment you step out, though, you realize there's no such thing, and that's the view that there's no mind. Now, you see, this is the problem with no, N-O. And so Nagarjuna uh, said neti neti <laughs> in, his, in his sleep. And he said, you know, don't fall into affirmation negation. Real Madhyamaka middle path, neither affirmation negation between, or, you know, you could say between affirming, negating, there is, no, there isn't. Um, it's actually neither. And so all of this talk is affirmation, and then affirmation of negation, which is a affirmatory negation. 
<laughs> it's all just talk. Neti, neti, neti. You know, kalpana, kalpana. Yeah, yeah, concept, concept. But hopefully it can help us, and it can. It's good. I mean, it's it's brilliant talk, but it's just talk. But uh, the idea that existence is only indestructibility. Indestructibility is only non-existence. <laughs> the only thing that's true is indestructible, which never existed. Never exist. Never arose. Let's be real tight. It is there existence, is there non-objective existence? Is there non-dual existence? Of course. It is. But to even say it is mistaken. Infinity is. Tatsat is. That's such it. And so, he said, there's only one reality, only one sat, in which no thing had any being on its own, right? Yeah, that's anatta. <laughs> what do you think anatta is? Anatta is no self. What self? It's insubstantiality. It's, it's the same as sunya, of course. Sunya means empty. Empty what? Empty of, of, uh, uh, of abiding characteristic. Reality, or tatsat, is such, or is, is uh, sunya. You know, sunya as emptiness, empty of what? Empty of the three marks. Uh-huh. Empty of anichanata dukkha. Uh-huh. Empty of impermanence and insubstantiality, no self, and empty of dukkha. So there's dukkha and sukha where there is mind and therefore memory and therefore subjectivity or subjectivity and therefore personalism and therefore awareness or interpretation of ex- of phenomena or the generation of perception that leads us to sense of past, present, future. But even the present moment is actually not the present moment if, if you define the present moment with your definition of the present moment. The present moment is a mystery unless you define it. And then when you say, this is the present moment, it's not that, it's this. That's maya. That's not even the present moment, it's memory. Or you're thinking about the present moment. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> open your mouth and I slap you, said uh, old Baku. And so, maybe he didn't say that, but his, uh, his successor said that. So, you know, affirmation and negation are problematic. Yeah. And yet, the purpose of affirmation and negation for Dhamma or Dharma is to be free of all maya, all ignorance, all, all illusion. And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta pra- we got to practice, 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 which, which practice doesn't mean I. <laughs> That's the, the, the mystery or the, uh, the irony. There's no substantial identity, personhood, doing practice, freeing itself of its ignorance. There's <laughs> uh, vibrating light identifying um, a subjectivity out of the vibration of its light. <laughs> There's infinite awareness uh, in the form of vibrating sentient light that naturally identifies a selfhood out of the vibrating light and says, aham, 
But that aham is a haham karm. That's a karm or a making of aham. Uh-huh. All right. And so, uh, 62. <laughs> this is a little dialogue. Let me just see the time here. Question. When did the feeling, quote, I am the body, arise? At my birth or this morning? Nisargadatta says, now. When did the feeling arise? At my birth or this morning? Nisargadatta says, now. Meaning it arose now. True, right. Question. I remember having the same feeling yesterday too. The memory, and Nisargadatta replies, the memory of yesterday is now only. Right. So the guy that answers and says, I remember having the same feeling of I am the body yesterday, therefore, I guess, you know, he's trying to say, the feeling I am the body arose yesterday. And Nisargadat said, the memory of yesterday is now only, meaning when you say, I remember having the same feeling yesterday, you're stating a memory. That's a memory of what you're conceiving, interpreting to be a yesterday. Is it yesterday? Now here, we don't want to become psychotic and uh, derealized. But actually, uh, yesterday's as much a dream as tomorrow, and therefore some guys will say, there's no yesterday and tomorrow. There's no yesterday. There's only now. Even now is a dream. Why? Because it's definitely, it's normally defined by my concepts interpretation of now. When I say, I'm living in the present moment, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm affirming my thoughts uh, that are interpreting that I, a subject, a, a separative, substantial subject, uh, am uh, experiencing or really, really, really uh, present here, not there, now, not then, which is all memory. It's all thought. It's memory and thought and presumes uh, this subjectivity. And that whole thing is a dream. And Nisargadha is really saying, um, you say you're remembering the same feeling yesterday, so therefore you can say the feeling, I am the body, well, arose yesterday, not, not now, as Nisargadha says now. And he said no, it's yesterday. And Nisargadha brings him back to the present saying, the memory of yesterday is now only, meaning you are still now because you're saying actually that that something was then. But you're right now saying, you're thinking that that experience was then. You're now, you're in the, you're at this moment now uh, believing that uh, you had the same then, but that experience of then is now too. So, uh, and then the reply is, surely I exist in time, I have a past and future. Right? So there are all these problems with that. Nisargadat says, that is how you imagine now. Right. <laughs> imagine thinking now the one thinking thinks I, that's ahamkara, am, meaning uh, uh, there's a reality to this presumed separative subjectivity, 
uh, am really here in a flow of time. That's a memory, or that's a you know imagination too. I have a past and future. That's and it's like that's how you imagine it now. That's how you imagine now. That's how you're imagining it now. You're imagining that now. You're now imagining by memory or by thinking that we call memory uh, that there was a past, and you're imagining a future. So you're just telling me what you're thinking about right now. Is it real? No. Uh, it's your thinking. It's real thinking. Um, and yet it's totally sunya. Now, <laughs> he says, so the guy goes back, there must have been a beginning. And his psychodot says, now. <laughs> what about ending? And he said, what has no beginning cannot end. Right. So the one that talks all this has no beginning and no end. When it's identified as a subjectivity, yes, there's a beginning of that and there's an ending of that. And so there's no beginning, there's no end in the deathless. But the deathless is the true nature of the, the, the deathful. <laughs> the true nature of anicca dukkha is nirvana. So the sunya of nibban is that it's empty of the three characteristics of our mind-fashioned experience before complete and perfect enlightenment. 63. And this is <laughs> back to Yoga Vashishta, actually, um, from Valmiki. Very, very, maybe related, seems to be. 63. Nisargadat taught or said, King Janaka had a dream in which he was a beggar. On his walking up, he asked Guru Vaishishta, maybe Valmiki or not, am I a king dreaming of, oh, sounds like Changsu, am I a king dreaming of being a beggar, or a beggar dreaming of being a king? Am I Changsu dreaming of being a butterfly, or a butterfly who's been dreaming I'm Changsu? Uh-huh. This is crazy, huh? Did Changsu read uh, Guru Vaishishta, or uh, these guys' friends? Anyway, King Janaka had a dream, Janaka, that he was a beggar. On his walking up, so in the dream, he went to Guru Vaishishta. Am I a king now dreaming of being a beggar, or really a beggar dreaming that I was a king? The Guru answered, you're neither. You're both. You are, and yet you are not what you think yourself to be. Right? Tatvam. Tatvam. <laughs> you are because you behave accordingly. You are not because it does not last. And that's the idea that the real is the indestructible. If it's destructible or impermanent, it's not real. That's a way of, of talking. Can you be forever king or beggar? All must change. You are what does not change. What are you? Janaka replied, Yes, I am neither king nor beggar. I am the dispassionate witness. No. <laughs> that's self-realization, not the end of the line. That is, I am. I am is not the end of the line. The guru said, this is your last illusion. Bing, 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 right? Not yet drop memory and identity. This is your last illusion, that you are a yani. And that you are different from and superior to the common man. Ooh. Again, you identify yourself with your mind. In this case, a well-behaved and in every way exemplary mind. Right. The ninth and tenth armies of Mara. Yep, yep, yep. 
the last fetter, uh, the last uh, pleasure, if you call it that, is uh, vanity, pride. The pride of higher self, the pride of Atman, the pride of Jivatman. Jivatman, Jiva, one with Atman. Not that it's proud, but, yo, hey, the eighth fetter is called conceit. Uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. The eighth fetter is called conceit. Ahamkara is a conceit. The kar of aham is conceit. Pride, vanity. But it's the conceit or pride, vanity of, of a very highly attained being. Of, of a, I would say a non-returner. Yeah, third stage, non-returner. Not yet finished the last five fetters, however. Not yet finished the uh, ending of Tanhamana's craved uh, ahamkar, the craved craving of a subjectivity, the craving that leads to uh, subjectivity. So the guru says, so, okay, I'll, I'll read it through. The king Janaka had a dream that he was a beggar. On his walking up, he asked his guru Vaishishta, am I a king dreaming of being a beggar? or a beggar dreaming of being a king. The guru answered, You are neither. You are both. You are, and yet you are not what you think yourself to be. You are, and so you are, and you are not. You are neither, and you are both. Okay. Unity and duality. You are, because you behave accordingly. You are not, because it does not last. Can you be forever king or beggar? All must change. You are what does not change. What are you? Janaka replied, I am, yes, I am neither king nor beggar. I am the dispassionate witness. Uh Uh-oh. The guru said, this is your last illusion. That you are a yani. That you are different from and superior to the common man. Again, you identify yourself with your mind, in this case a well-behaved and in every way exemplary mind. As long as you see the least difference, you are a stranger to reality. Sat. You are on the level of mind. Manasik. Tanamanas. Tanamanas remaining. When the I am myself goes, the I am all comes. When the I am all comes, when the I am myself goes, is finished, the I am all comes. When the I am all goes, I am comes. When even I am goes, reality alone is, and in it every I am is preserved and glorified. Reversity without separateness is the ultimate the mind can touch. Beyond that, all activity ceases because in it all goals are reached and purpose fulfilled. And 64, freedom from all desire to last is eternity. And uh, it's a, first of all, there's a time here. Yeah, this uh, passage 63 is excellent. It's totally (laughs) resonant with Changsu dreaming he's a butterfly. Uh, there's a lot of meat here. <laughs> this is a very rich uh, plate, a large super plate of uh, nourishment. So, um, yeah, identity is a dream. 
uh, identity that is dreamed does not last. Identity is fashioned in accordance with behavior. I behave like a king, I behave like a beggar, I'm dressed and look like a king, I dressed and look like a beggar, I have all the characteristics of a king, I have all the characteristics of a beggar, thus I must be. Identity formed by qualities, characteristics, all of which are impermanent. Right? Vibrating light is temporarily vibrating. Uh, mistakenly, un- inevitably, it, its sentience, infinite awareness, coalesces, in, coalesces to subjectivity by identification with the vibrating light. Hmm. So, um, is it this, is it that? It is neither and it is both. Both. It is both, neither, and both. <laughs> is it... Is it this? Is it that? Yes. No. (laughs) Go back and sit. You are neither. You are both. Right. It is. It is not. Both of those are uh, Maya too, you know. Both of those are, uh, are of dual Maya ignorance too. To say I am neither, to say I am both. You can say anything and you can say nothing. And saying it is and saying it isn't are equivalent. Because we're affirming um, that which is illusory. It, 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 you know, the world is, or something is that we're calling the world. <laughs> Perception, sankara, vijnana, subjectivist consciousness of manas, of the monastic particularly, tanamanas, associated with Vijnana, Atta, Atman, you know, Atman is really Atta, Anatta, doesn't mean Anatman. Mm. Gautama didn't say the second of the three characteristics remarks isn't Anatman, it's Anatta. Now, maybe that's the same, but there's no abiding self in the Skandhas. Even Vijnana, even consciousness is born of ignorance, direct statement from Gautama. So based on that there's perception and conception um, where there's a subjectivist consciousness in play that is experiencing or associated with <clears throat> both perception and then the interpretation of it, it's fine. You can say you're neither and you can say you're both. Um, you're neither. Essential nature is neither. Uh, temporary illusion-based identification experience is both. You are, and and yet you are not what you think yourself to be. Right. Uh, Identity formed by thinking um, gives us you are. The illusory, empty nature of thinking uh, gives us you are not. And so, affirmation... Uh, you are, you are both, uh, comes from some reification of illusory, you know, thought, concept, process. 
knowing that that's a reification or a and I, I misidentification. It's basically like um, <laughs> there's a speeding bullet, and and at a certain frame in the movie, we tag it and say it is, or it is here. Actually, it was only there for a moment, and to even say it is is a tagging um, of some kind of ineffable uh, vibratory process that really its nature is beyond description. Any description is sort of memory. So you can say it is, you can say it is not, you can say you are both, you can say you are neither. Um, It's experientially real, apparently real, you are both. It's essentially empty. You are neither. You are because you behave accordingly. You are not because it doesn't last. And so this is back to the same Yoga Vashishta perspective that the real is indestructible. You're not. It is not. Neti neti. There is none. Because it's impermanent. But it's impermanent because we perceive it um, because our perception leads to our conception that it's impermanent. Actually, impermanence isn't also. That's why in enlightenment, they're free of the free, it's free of the three marks. There is no impermanence in Nibban, Nirvana, in Satchitananda or Satchit. There's no more Anicca, there's no more impermanence, because there's no more objectification of thing that could be could be changing there's no more change there's no more perspective perspect, perceptive perception of change therefore there's no thing there's no thing because there's no more perception even perception right and and gautama said straight out nirvana nibban the deathless is a cessation of perception and consciousness there's no more perception <laughs> There's, there's fusion. And so the one that had been experiencing a, a, a distinction between perception and conception and thus make my experience, that whole thing's finished. There is no dualistic, subjectivist-based perception, conception, experiencing cycle. What are you? He said, All, uh, can you be forever... King or beggar? No. Almost change. Yeah. All that is perceived, all, all reification does, all reification is impermanent. Uh, beyond reification, there's not, imperm- there's not impermanence. But you can't say there's permanence. And he'll explain this in 65 where he says the supreme state can only be, the supreme state is satchit or tatsatchit. The supreme state can only be described by negation. Right. As uncaused, independent, unrelated, undivided, uncomposed. Uncomposed. No sankara. Unshakable, no vibration. Mm. Unquestionable, unreachable by effort. Unreachable by effort. Mm. That's why some teachers, Nityananda, said, you know, what are you doing, uh, doing your practices so feverishly? Why don't you let the, the, the divine work in you? Haven't you, haven't, don't you know the divine or the one enough to let, to trust that it'll work in you, work in you, on you, and take you home? 
Why are you feverishly practicing? You think you're not where you need to be? You think you're not what you should be? Well, what what I is, is what I seek. So, you are what does not change. He said, boom, you are. So can you be forever bigger king? No, all must change. You are what does not change. Boom, you are the deathless. But the deathless is, is transpersonal. And so there's transsubjective. So there's no more I happening. What are you? Janaka replied, yes, I am neither king nor beggar. Meaning, tatvam, or I am, aham. Um, not ahamkara, aham. Uh, yes, aham, right, okay. I am the dispassionate witness. Uh-uh, sorry, no, 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 no. Wag my finger, sorry. That is the uh, conceit of Atman. The conceit of uh, the Yani, the conceit of the one um, who's uh, had uh, realization. The conceit of the eighth fetter not yet broken, which is called conceit. <laughs> the conceit of Tandamanas, the craving of manasic identification. The, crave, the craving of bringing stability to vibrating light. How do we stabilize and find a security in vibrating light? Well, we coalesce into aham. We kar and make aham. And we end up with ahamkara and the eighth fetter conceit. And that's subjectivity. You are what does not change. You are deathless. What are you? Janaka replied, I am the dispassionate witness. And the guru, rightly, who's finished with that, said, that's your last illusion, that you are a yani. Right. So don't, even if you've had some attainment, if you identify with, I am a yali, well, then uh, mara gacha. You know, I mean, I'm not finished with the end of the path too, so what the hell do I say? You know, but it seems to me, you know, any anybody who's a sixth density wanderer, anybody of sixth density, anybody, any higher self itself, is not finished with the path. Hasn't yet dropped memory and identity. Yeah. So, and, and is stuck in the illusion that I am light. <laughs> the illusion, uh, the illusory uh, identity as a yani. Um, this is your last illusion, that you are a yani. Don't forget it. That you are different from and superior to the common man. Right. Totally, there's pride and vanity conceit in Eighth Fetter, yeah, by definition. Again, you identify yourself with your mind. Or, again, this is a product of uh, the one identifying itself or identifying with uh, vibrating sheaths of light, particularly mind. <laughs> in this case, a well-behaved and in every way exemplary mind, right? Atman is well, you know, yani is great. But the yani is not a yani. <laughs> the yani is um, a definition of the one that defines identifying with mind, with that mind of non-duality. Or it's like, it's really more unity than non-duality. Non-duality is not unity. I mean, there are many ways of talking, right? You can say there's diversity, multiplicity. Then there's unity, which is basically an interpretation of a perception that this 
that I'm calling a many or experiencing, I believe, as a many, is one body, one life. Fine. That's not really non-duality because unity is dual duality too. Meaning, there is subject-object in that experience of unity. Unity still... Uh, you, the experience of unity, which is really a conception of unity, it's a conception of a perception that we've interpreted as unity, that I'm perceiving many waves, I'm perceiving light, and I'm calling it a light and, and wetness, not witness, wetness, and I'm calling it the ocean of many waves. <coughs> then, that perception of uh, moving color patches and uh, wetness I'm calling the ocean of many waves I now come to know is one body one life, one being of many waves so the many is one still there's a subject and an object still there's a knower and a known still there's duality so unity is not non-duality unity is simply the resolution of multiplicity. The true nature of multiplicity is unity. And the true nature of multiplicity and unity is the real non-duality. Infinity is the nature of unity. The nature of multiplicity is unity. The nature of unity is infinity. Infinity is beyond subject, object, self, other, knower, known. Beyond Vijnana, beyond Manasik, it's beyond, beyond, you know, monastic uh, and, and buddhi as well. The path of buddhi is finished. For the one that's finished being a yani. For the higher self that's finished being a higher self, I know higher self. Basically, uh, they drop being a yani. Right. They drop memory and identity. Right. So, uh, that you're a yani is the result of you identify with your mind. In this case, a very well-developed mind, yeah. As long as you see the least difference, you're a stranger to reality. I am not there, Mr. Scott. So, <laughs> you know, when I look at people, I don't think, you know, I is I, or whatever. You know, I don't even know what they would be, you know. I see people, I don't, I do see difference, yeah. So I don't know what that would be. As long as you see the least difference, you're a stranger to Sat. You're not living in Sat or Satchit. You are on the level of mind. Manas, right? You're still craving manas. Craving manas is an obsession, is a coalescence of, of um, presence into identified subjectivity. You know, I was in the store the other day and I had my slave mask on because, you know, when in Rome, pretend to be a Roman. Um, not on my nose, though. And, and, I found the rule. The rule is, here in Taiwan, you have to wear your mask outside because, you know, coronavirus is flying through the air in the raging epidemic. So, the rule is, when I'm outside and I don't see humans, the mask is on my chin, which I kind of like, you know. It's actually a chin warmer. It's terrible in the hot weather, but it's actually very um, comforting. It's a little bit like uh, Linus, Linus's blanket. Uh, is my chin warmer in the cold, not in the heat though then it's it's a catalyst to my further raging but uh, without humans it's the chin warmer 
<clears throat> when I'm seeing humans, I cover my mouth like, uh, you know, Bugaloo Bob? No. <laughs> like uh, like uh, Desperado riding into town. I cover my chin and mouth. But when in the store, I, I may have to cover my nose for a moment until I can uncover. <clears throat> but... Um, yeah, I do see a difference between me and them. <laughs> okay, so I'm a stranger to Sat. I'm not yet finished, obviously. So you're on the level of mind. So, and the last part of this is really quite um, lovely, and that's how we're going to end today. When the I am myself, meaning I am this and I am that, and I'm angry and I'm happy and I'm Scott and uh, you're not me and blah, blah, blah. That's I am myself. The definition, the... the uh, multiple kaleidoscopic definitions of I am, identifications of I am, identifications of I am with this and the, that and the, the other, the, when that goes, then we have I am all. I am all is we have become light. When the I am all then goes, I am, comes. We have become light, says Ra. How about we are? That's what comes after we become light. Because light is empty too, you know. Light is a dream too, you know. It's a concept too, you know. When the I am all, I am one, goes, I am, a hum, comes. That's not the end of the line either. So we become light is a hum. <laughs> What's light? Uh, I don't know Sanskrit for light. Aham pran, I am prana. Pranava, aham prana. When I am all, so we've got I am myself, meaning I am this and I am that and I'm the other, and I'm up and I'm down and I'm this and I'm that. When that goes, then I am all, which is a perception that this many is one and this unified many is I. I is totality. Then, when I am all goes, I am comes, meaning there's no definition of a hum. There's just a hum. I am. Then, indeed, that has to go. When even I am goes, sat alone is. When sat alone is, he mean, he's then says, in it, in what? In sat. In sat, the way I interpret that, in sat, then, every aham is preserved and glorified. Well, that's a funny way of putting it. You can say, you know, aham, aham, uh, what do you mean preserved and glorified? Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Glorified can be, again, preserved and glorified, you know, what's his connotation? That, it, that it's a good thing, and it's uh, ennobling, Aham is ennobled, ennobled, and honored by Sat. Or, um, Aham, which is temporary and illusory, you know, um, is sort of falsely, you know, naturally, inevitably glorified, meaning cherished, meaning attached to, and, um, a glorification as um, uh, as an adding your head adding unnecessarily unnecessarily adding 
but but indeed um, aham arises in satchit and when satchit when when aham goes fully memory and identity right then you have satchit tatsat chit the chit of tatsat and that's reality alone is and then there's no more i i i i i i that that the guardians don't do that anymore you know they don't do i but they do they do what? <laughs> they do seven-dimensional rebalancing. Mm. Yeah, got to do something. So, it's just a nice go. I'll, I'll read this through and then close for the day. When the I am myself goes, the I am all comes. When the I am all goes, I am comes. When even I am goes, reality alone is sat is, and in it, every I am is preserved and glorified. Diversity without separateness is the ultimate the mind can touch, which is basically unity. Diversity without separateness is unity, is a way of saying unity. Is the ultimate the mind can touch, right? The mind differentiates, and there's the differentiation of multiplicity, diversity, duality, and there's the differentiation that, that, multiplicity, diversity is one, which is called no separateness. All right? So diversity, multiplicity, unity um, is mind-made. It's an interpretation of perception. It's the sankara of perception. What else? It's the conception, interpretation, of perception or the experience fashioned of, of catalyst. So diversity without separateness, oh yeah, what I was saying, <laughs> in the star. I did this. <laughs> this is what I meant. When I had my mask on my chin, I, uh, my chin and my mouth, I had some sense that there was something, it was like a wind blowing in my head. <laughs> it was like I had no head. It was very strange. It was sort of like, there's something missing above my nose. <laughs> the nose was not covered, <clears throat> but there was something missing above my nose. My head was missing above my nose. It was like, shit, the, uh, the, the penthouse has been removed. <clears throat> it was some kind of seven chakra thing going on. Um, it was like, you know, there was a book somebody wrote, a Zen student wrote, on having no head. It, it is an experience of having no head. That is a tangible experience of six chakra, six seven chakra activation. One experience, one feels there is no head. I mean, I really felt like, like I wasn't wearing my hat. I don't have a hat. <laughs> I was, it was odd. It was like there was something missing that I had normally had had above my nose, and it was very weird. It was like I'm not wearing the mask. I'm not wearing my hat. I don't have a hat. I guess I had a hat. I didn't realize it was a hat. It was called some kind of um, <clears throat> uh, obstruction in the in the spirit complex fields of six seven chakra. I don't know. Anyway, when even I am goes, meaning your last illusion that you're a yani goes, then reality alone is beautiful, right? And this diversity without separateness is called unity, mm. but it's not non-duality. It's a 
differentiation, it's really still of subjectivity, a memory, imagination, thinking, concept. <clears throat> it's not the end. It's, it's not the ultimate. The ultimate is, is beyond I aham, of course. Then he said, beyond that, all activity ceases. Right, you can't differentiate that there is activity arising, persisting, and passing away. Because in it, in what? In sat. All goals are reached, all purpose fulfilled. Right. One is, the great work is done. The further shore is reached, and um, the real beloved welcomes one home. So, that's it. Aham. So, may all beings be well and happy. May you be well and happy. Thanks for being here. Next week we'll pick up at 64. Take good care. And good night.